by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Luke Alves. What up, Luke? Not much, man. You know, so close to the beginning of the season. You know, I've been watching a lot of preseason games, getting super excited, and then I have to remind myself, you know, it's just preseason, so things <laughs> might not shake out how well things have been playing, but, you know, just right around the corner for us in this NBA season. Yeah, indeed. Uh, before we jump into, like, topics and everything else, um, <clears throat> i got to ask you, uh, Taco Fall, what, what, what's been your thoughts? Oh, I mean, I love Taco Fall. I mean, he's just a great <laughs> he PR in, kind of person, he you know. Dear, he's exciting, dear. too. He just, he's just one of those ones, like, uh, Minshew me, uh, like mania, like, right now. It's just, you know, he's, he's got one of those where he can run with his name. He's really fun, and... um. You know, we, we put him down to the G League, but I'm sure that we'll have him up in some point in the year just, you know, get two or three minutes just so our crowd can go crazy because a lot of the younger fans really seem to draw towards him. And, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I mean, if I was him too, I wouldn't shy away from it too. So he's been fun. And um, surprisingly, he's, you know, he's a lot better than a lot of people, uh, like, you know, have him, you know, being so tall. He's, he's better than I if, thought Unless he, he gets fouled. Yeah, if he gets fouled, then, you know, we're in some trouble. But he's been really just kind of dominating down low in the paint. It was fun, you know, his two little dunks the other day. It's just so mm-hmm. crazy. He can just catch it at the highest point, turn around without dribbling, and then just dunk it. It's just – it's really exciting. And the whole bench's reaction to each time was, was really fun. So, you know, I've, I've been having fun with it. You know, I'm excited for the Celtics season. He kind of just brings that excitement right now. What I think is funny is he's feeling that Bull Bull love. Like, that's the kind of love that, that would, like, would have gone to Bull Bull, but he hasn't played. And, uh, you know, he's kind of just there in Denver. And, like, Taco Fall has just gotten all the branding and all the love um, from the, like, really slender, super tall dude. Um, and, you know, for all intents and purposes, Bull Bull's got way more skill. Um, but falls out there and he's like doing his thing and yeah, it's been fun to watch, man. Like I, I agree. I, uh, I think as, as, you know, just as far as like the branding, you know, um, I think, uh, him in the G league is going to be fucking great for, I don't know where y'all's G league team is. Um, it seems like it's it would be main, somewhere in main, Massachusetts. It's but, the main red main. Okay. Yeah. The main, okay. Um, so like, but that would be great branding. Like every, every Tuesday that you play like taco Tuesday, um, you know, fucking now that we know LeBron doesn't have the trademark on that, um, you know, you feel free to use it up there, main red cloth or uh, red birds or whatever the fuck you're called. Um, and, uh, yeah, like uh, that's, that'd be great. Like little marketing thing for them and get fans excited to go to those games. Um, I mean, I can't think of a more exciting two-way player um, currently in the NBA. So, um, so yeah, I mean that's something. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm uh, I'm not super optimistic about him uh, being a you know a NBA a legit NBA player. But I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll prove me wrong. Um, I, I would love it. I, I would personally love it if he proved me wrong. Um, but all right. Let's get into the big topic at hand. Um, LeBron, China, Daryl Morey. Oh, man. I uh, I thought this story had kind of um, 
reached its pinnacle and was kind of going to just kind of wind down a lot of no comments or duck, ducking around the issue, um, which LeBron did successfully do at first. Um, he totally ducked around the China issue. Um, he just didn't duck around the Maury part of the whole thing. Um, I have some quotes here. I'm going to read off these quotes. I'll kick it to you, get your thoughts, and then uh, give mine, and uh, we'll, we'll roll into our Western Conference predictions. Um, I don't want to spend too long on this. We, we ended up spending like 30-plus minutes on just the whole China thing in general on the last episode, on the Eastern Conference predictions episode. We kind of had to rush through the end. Um, but, I mean, I do want to give it, um, of course, it, it's due diligence, and it, it, it's due time, I guess I should say. Um, but anyway, let me get into these quotes. Um, so I got four various quotes here from LeBron. Uh, this was him uh, on China. Uh, I think when we talk about the political side, it was a very delicate situation, a very sensitive situation. And for me personally, you guys know that when I speak about something, I speak about something I'm very knowledgeable about, something I'm very passionate about. I feel like with this particular situation, it was something not only I was not informed enough about, I just felt like it was something that not only myself or my teammates or my organization had enough information to even talk about talk about it at that point in time, and we still feel the same way. I kind of it's 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 hard to read a quote that is from someone just talking <laughs> um, that's not from something actually written, um, but I'm doing my best here. Uh, so that was his his take on China. Um, as far as Maury. Um, he had several things to say. He said, uh, first, I believe he wasn't educated on the situation at hand, and he spoke, and so many people could have been harmed, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, and spiritually, whatever being spiritually harmed means, but I digress. Um, so just be careful what we tweet and say, and we do. Even though, yes, we do have the freedom of speech, but there can be a lot of negative that comes with that too. He went on to say, I believe he was either misinformed or not really educated on the situation, and if he was, then so be it. I have no idea, but that is just my belief because when you say things or do things, if you are doing it and you know the people that can be affected by it and the families and individuals and everyone that can be affected by it, sometimes – Things can be changed as well. And also, social media is not always the proper way to go about things as well, but that's just my belief. Um, and finally, to round it out, he, he had a lot of bites, um, but I tried to narrow it down to these particular four. He said uh, – and, and it's a couple of tweets afterwards. He said, um, I do not believe there was any consideration for the consequences and ramifications of the tweet. I'm not discussing the substance. Others can talk about that. My team and this league just went through a difficult week. I think people need to understand what a tweet or statement can do to others. And I believe nobody stopped and considered what would happen. Could have waited a week to send it. Oh, all right. Um, Luke, uh, I mean, you didn't really get to comment very much or at all because you weren't on the show uh, as far as the whole China thing in general, if you if you want to briefly touch on that, feel free. But uh, obviously, particularly given Le- LeBron's um, quotes here, that's that's what we're aiming to get to uh, with this particular podcast. 
What are your thoughts here? No, yeah, I won't really go into the China situation. I mean, there's a lot going on behind it. I mean, just a lot, like, just everything, like, within it. And um, I can kind of understand, I'll go in real quick, like, the people of Hong Kong right now are, like, at first were kind of, you know, um, they're hurt, they're kind of mad. I mean, if you've seen some things uh, at LeBron and all that with this first tweet and all that. And But I understand, you know, where LeBron's coming from, too, the ramifications of, like, the whole tweet and, like, the impact that it has, um, you know, the media really can't do anything. I mean, once you go into the China, you're like completely under their lock and all that. So it's just like the whole lockdown situation and all that. And like, I completely like understand where he's coming from and all that. And how at first, you know, when he was first sending the tweet, it might've, you know, been skewed one way because you could just read it two different ways and all that. And how some of the people might be hurt, but like, I, you know, I understand where it's coming from because, you know, there were so many things planned out and then it's just completely different. Uh, The whole situation, the whole time, you know, really different. Now you don't really know what's going to happen. If you're going to be able to play, you know, you're kind of just playing it by ear and seeing what, you know, the Chinese government wants to do. So I understand how he's like saying like, you know, you could have waited a week, you know, there's a lot of NBA people there, media people there. The media is definitely restricted now to, and all that. So I understand, like, the whole random and And I do understand the part, too, where he's kind of saying uh, to, um, Dave, uh, to uh, you know, the whole situation that if a player were to tweet it out, it would be a big deal. Like, it would be a big deal. There would be consequences, but there's, like, really not. And just everything behind social media, too. I mean, that's one deadly thing about this, like, the whole social media right now is right – when you kind of send it out, there's no retracting it, and a lot of bad things can happen. And and I think that's what he was trying to imply. Not like, and nothing serious happened, thankfully, but just a lot of things could have happened, and what could have, you know, them being there and all that. Not just like people losing out on money just with the shoe deals and all that, but and, and the you know the big money that they could have lost, you know, the players and and all that coming from China, but just everything going on with just being restricted and all that, you know, that, that probably was not the, the front, the, the best situations to be in from what it was supposed to be, which was like a revealing of the NBA and really seizing that market. Yeah. I mean, I, I can understand where he's coming from. And, and had he just said, um, you know, essentially that, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think that, um, you know, uh, I don't think that Maury necessarily considered the consequences of the tweet. Um, and, you know, I would have even, if I was one of his, you know, uh, advisors, I, I would have said, you know, I would, I would even encourage LeBron to talk about how he feels like he is the, um, the face of four NBA players, like the, 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 um, the orator for NBA players, um, because you know, let's let's not like kid ourselves. Um, I don't think it's going to come to this, but uh, you know, a lot of people stand to lose a lot of money because of this tweet. Um, and so it's not just about LeBron, but it's about him, you know, essentially taking the player side in this matter. So I, you know, I wouldn't have an issue if, if that was his stance. I don't really have um, 
I don't have a big issue with him saying that, you know, he doesn't feel qualified to speak on the issue. It's a cop out. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I honestly would just look at it like, well, you know, I mean, he doesn't want to make the situation worse. Um, and you know, it's a basically damned if you do damned, if you don't type of situation to really speak out on that issue, as we have seen, um, where I take umbrage with what LeBron said is basically when he says, um, that he doesn't believe Maury was educated, uh, on the situation at hand and that, um, he was misinformed on the situation at hand, um, and here's why. Here's why I take such umbrage with that particular statement. Um, because he says that when he speaks out about issues, um, that he's always very knowledgeable about something, very passionate about something, um, and very well informed about the topics that he's speaking out about. Well, he's speaking out about this in, 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 and not – not offering up anything and in, in, in to, to, to elaborate on why he thinks uh, Maury was, wasn't educated on the situation or was misinformed on the situation. He's, he's refusing to bring anything to the table about his opinion on China, but then he wants to say that Maury wasn't educated on it and was misinformed on it, um, and like that's in total contradiction to what you were just saying. That when you speak out about something, you're very knowledgeable about it. However, you're speaking out about Maury's stance here, and you're admitting that you're not knowledgeable about it. So how can you say that he is misinformed or not educated about the particular subject if you have admitted yourself that you don't know enough about the subject to comment on it? That's where I take the most umbrage in what he said. Um, it, he could have just not said that. Like, if he had just not said that, I would have been mostly fine with what he said because I do think he has a, a lot of valid points here. I mean, I agree with you. When, you know, he's looking at the, the situation like, hey, man, like, we got to go overseas and face the music here, and you're nowhere to be seen, Daryl. Like, that ain't fucking cool, dude. Um, I get that. I get that whole part of it. Um, I just don't think. He, he didn't want to touch on the China thing, but then he did touch on the China thing by saying what he said about Maury, um, and, and inadvertently, I'm sure, but nevertheless, he still did it, and he still deserves adequate criticism for doing so, um, and I mean I think he's kind of gotten uh, – I don't, I don't think that the, the criticism that he's getting uh, is unwarranted. I think it's – very, very warranted, um, and he's getting it from all sides. Now, I will say this: um, uh, you know, any of these, uh, I think there was a, I, I saw on the jump, um, some uh, like congressman or senator from Florida. I'm sure he's a conservative. Um, you know, it came out and said something like, basically talking shit uh, about LeBron and saying, you know, he stands with communist China, um, like if. if uh, basically saying when the money's there, like, you know, you're you're not willing to stand up for what you believe in, um, which, you know, maybe that maybe that's a little far, maybe not. But it's certainly 
not coming from the right voice because any politician in this fucking country uh, <laughs> you know, constantly uh, takes money over the voice of the people. Um, at least 98% of them do, uh, and I'm sure that motherfucker does too. Um, so I'm kind of caught in the middle here because I, I do think that the criticism is fair. I just don't think the people – all of the people who are voicing the criticism maybe isn't fair um, or definitely isn't fair. Uh, it's a case-by-case basis. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, um, it's a fucked up situation. He, he dug himself into a hole, um, and he doesn't seem like he wants to back down. I get why he was upset with um, like the notion that like, they, they – that the NBA kind of maybe wanted them to um, kind of toe the line and, and, and speak out about the issue for them on their behalf, uh, which you know has been speculated and reported at this point. Um, and I, I totally agree with LeBron. Like, I ain't saying shit until y'all fucking release a statement. Totally cool with that. He's that's totally fair. Um, and the NBA released their second statement, and it was, I think, a much better statement than their original one. Which was total fucking hogwash, um, but uh, you know, as far as like once he's back in the states and he's saying this, um, like all of this different stuff, it's just it's I don't know. I just feel like why why take it to that nth degree where like you have to seemingly come out and kind of um, you 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 want to kind of throw shade at Maury, but you're doing so in in a way that makes you seem sympathetic to an authoritarian state and makes you – and I'm not saying he is. I don't think he is, um, but I do think he is ultimately concerned about that money, uh, and I'm not saying he shouldn't be. Um, I'm just saying if that's the case, usually LeBron's really good about like PR and about – Saying things and, and and constructing them very well and articulately, and he totally fucked it up this time. He did not articulate any of this in a constructive manner um, whatsoever. So I, I don't know. I I gotta say, like this is I was fucking shocked when I saw his original tweet. Um, or I I guess I saw the tweet um, that was uh, the. My team in this league just went through a difficult week. Yada yada yada. Could have could have waited a week to send it. I like I had one of those Trump moments, you know, where you, when you see a Trump tweet and you're like, that motherfucker didn't really say that, did he? And then nine times out of ten, it's like, yeah, he really did say that. Um, I had one of those moments, like, because I was like, he, LeBron didn't really fucking tweet that, did he? Um, and, but yeah, he did. Um, and that was like. That was like the clarity tweet. That's the first thing I saw, and I was already like, wow, like, dude, that's not in great taste. Um, and then when I went on to read all the other shit that he said, I was just like, fuck, man. Like, not a good look. Not a good look for a guy. Um, and, you know, I don't think either one of us are like, would necessarily um, call ourselves like LeBron fans um, in the sense of, like we don't necessarily like root for LeBron's teams, um, but we like we like LeBron. Uh, we like the fact that um, 
that he does take uh, a vested interest in things outside of basketball. Um, we like the fact that uh, – or I guess we just appreciate him for the dominant fucking player that he is and has been over the past 16 years of his career, 17 years of his career. Um, but nevertheless, like this is – this has got to be like the kind of low point, at least as far as back as I can remember, um, of anything that he's ever said. I, I just don't think um, that uh, it, it gets much worse than this. Um, we do have a couple callers. I, we haven't taken any callers in a while, but I do – I am interested in what other people have to say about this, Luke. So I do want to take a couple callers. Um, all right, caller number one, uh, the 404 number you called in first. Uh, 973, just hold on. I'll get you in here in a minute. Um, 404, uh, hey, man, what are your thoughts on uh, what LeBron had to say about China and Maury? Well, first thing first, uh, I, I think you did a good job of trying to get through all of the, you know, mess that this is because it's a lot to try to even get to, like, real critical points on this. Uh, yeah. As far as his statement, I think the first statement was fine up until he starts talking about Maury. That's the point where it's like, okay, you see yourself as a partner with the league more than a player, so there's extra responsibility within that. But I'm sure he's looking at Silver and company like, wait a minute, dude, y'all put me in this situation, and I'm supposed to be the one to to get us out of it? I can understand him being mad about that, but he should have held that part in about Maury, whatever, you know, problem he had with Maury. He should have discussed that personally. He shouldn't have added him to it. It made him seem petty. Now, here's the difficulty I'm having. Because for one side, you got all these bad faith arguments coming from people who've hated his guts for speaking out mm-hmm. about things that go on in this country who are Absolutely. now using this as a weapon to discredit him and saying, okay, so in the future, you can't listen to him. You know what I'm saying? Right. So to try to devalue arguments made uh, by African-Americans about treatment in America. You know, th- this is the old right. ruse that they've done for a long time. So no surprise Absolutely. There. The second point I don't like, and I think people are, are really mistaken when they say, oh, he's, he's doing this for the money. No, he's doing this because he's a partner within the league, and this is something that is very important to the league that has to be handled delicately. So, like, the idea that all these things he spoke about before, he lost money doing that too. Now, the people who agree with him, of course, they became bigger fans, but that didn't expand his market share or ability to draw fans. The Michael Jordan route is that route. Like, we all know that. He could have easily played that role a long time ago and chose not to. So I don't think it's as easy as saying this guy did this to protect the money because he's shown an ability to avoid a check if he thinks it's something that's not important to him. Now, the idea that he would be well-versed on China and Hong Kong, it's like, come on, man. At a certain point, we're still talking about an athlete who, like, when would he have time to take a poli-sci class? or history of <laughs> colonialism class. And, and then sure. the other part that that's, that's kind of standing out is, we're, we're, like, we are really getting caught up in some Ameri- old-school American jingoism. Like, I'm hearing people, like, declare these things like, man, this authoritative state is doing hu- human rights. Violence. It's like, man, if you're talking about world powers globally, anywhere, uh, yeah, there's going to be a record of human rights violations. Now, if you choose only this instance to say, you're concerned about human rights? I got some questions about you because right now Haiti is on fire. Uh, there's something going on in Ecuador as well. It's like these same people right. will not say that. Now, if we bring up, you know, the the 
the big the, the big elephant in the room when it comes to political mistreatment or so-called an apartheid state, you know which country, two countries I'm talking or, or what area I'm talking about, that you will be persona non grata, period, and that's in America. So if we're going to play this con game where we say we're we're the ones of uh, freedom of speech and all rights and democratic state and all this other stuff, and everybody else is authoritarian, self-interested, uh, you know, rogue state. It's like, come on, man. We we got to have some type of objectivity when discussing these things. Because, like, you, you can't talk China and Hong Kong without talking about, uh, you know, the opium wars or without talking about England annexing, you know, Hong Kong for 100 years and say, well, China, you're not strong enough to take it, so we're keeping this part. And there's nothing you can do about it. We'll give it back to you in 100 years. Like, you've got to say that openly, like, if you're going to have a real conversation about this, but in soundbite media, that's really hard to do. So people end up just, you know, laying out really general statements and kind of Stephen A. Smith in their way through it. You know what I mean? Not saying anything, <laughs> but just getting the conversation over. So, uh, you know, well, listen to what you were saying, I, man. You know, a lot of – go ahead. Well, I was just going to say I think there's a couple points here. Uh, make no mistake, uh, th- this does have to do with money. It's just not just LeBron's money. Like I think that's the thing that people – that people don't quite get is like LeBron's not the only one with money on the line here. The league itself and all of the other players who look to LeBron as like kind of this leader, you have to think about it. The league that LeBron is now in 99.99% of the players in this league are either LeBron's peers or even a much greater percentage are people who look up to LeBron. Like, I mean, sure you got like your Vince Carter who's out there. um, But like, the majority of the players, like, look up to him. So, like, of course he's going to take the player's side. Um, and, you know, I, I, I do think a lot of this has to do with money. I wouldn't boil it down to it's simply about money, um, but, like, it, it definitely is in my opinion. Um, but I also well, think well, let me, let, me, let, me, let me say one thing to counter that because I think this is something sure. that, that's highly misunderstood. Let's go back to 2011, the last time we had the threat of a lockout and the owners were – uh, telling the players, you know, doom is coming. You remember the sure. most contentious point of those negotiations? Uh, refresh my memory. The owners would not open their books about overseas revenue. So the people who are most responsible for the situation we're talking about are not the people that are being questioned right now in a sense of is this moral sure. uh, to do business in that country. And see, and, and that's where all of this falls apart to where it's like, okay, we're asking somebody to be athlete, diplomat, intellectual, poli-sci major. Like, at a certain point, man, it's like, come on. What did you expect this dude to do? No, I, yeah. no I feel you there. I, I do. I feel you there. And I think, um, you know, I, I think it's it's absolutely fair um, to to – to suggest that you know maybe we should put the microphone in front of these uh, um, these uh, governors' uh, faces as much as you know the players, um, especially as it pertains to an issue like this. Um, but that's just not the way it works. I mean, we know that we know that's not the way it works. It's totally unfair, but that's just the way it is. But I did want to mention another thing because you brought this up. Um, you said um, you know it's it's it, Really impossible to really delve into this issue, um, this this issue on China and Hong Kong, with without you know delving into the opium wars and the the, the long history. Um, now I I will say I took 
way more umbrage with uh, Joseph Tsai's uh, um, Facebook post immediately following Daryl Morey's, um, and it had more to do with the rhetoric uh, that he used, not necessarily what he was saying. Um, but he kind of brought this up um, in, in his post. Um, but I do think this is kind of maybe in part what lends to LeBron saying, you know, sometimes maybe complicated issues are, are not it, – it, you shouldn't try to talk about them in a tweet, especially a seven or six or seven word tweet. Um, mm. If you really feel strongly about it, maybe you should, um, you know, release an actual statement, like a well thought out statement, um, you know, to, to, to express, um, you know, your opinions on the matter. Um, so it doesn't get misconstrued in any sort of way. But I also think in that same sense, um, I think That's a, a lot of what LeBron says – you, you don't throw Maury under the bus on, on the world stage. Like, that's not right. right. Exactly. So I'm with you Exactly. And, and, right. And I, and I think a lot of what LeBron is saying in this in, – in, in some of his comments here, though um, absolutely true, um, he kind of goes against a lot of the things that he said uh, in, 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 in saying the other things that he said. Um, but right. I do think it's interesting because – um, I, 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 something that like LeBron didn't bring up, but uh, um, I don't know if you're a fan of uh, Bomani Jones. Um, Bomani Jones brought it up, um, Right Time Podcast, uh, big fan uh, myself. Um, he brought up the fact that, uh, uh, you know, if Daryl Moore really was like that passionate about this issue, he, he would have left that tweet up and, and not like deleted it, it, you know, five minutes later. And I do think that's a fair mm. criticism um, as well. You know, I mean, you know, you look at a guy like Colin Kaepernick who thought long and hard about what he was, you know, you know, um, the, the what he was going to have to face for standing up for what he believed in, and, and you know, really thought long and hard about it, and was like, you know what, I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to back down from it. And it did cost him a lot. Um, but like you, you, you look at this particular situation, um, and it doesn't seem like it does seem like the the tweet was rather flippant in the sense of if it was something that he really, really felt strongly about, he would have kept it up there and been like, you know what? Fucking fire me. Like, if you really mm. want to fire me, fire me. But like, I believe this, I'm standing by it. And this is why. Um, and he didn't do that. Um, now he didn't necessarily come out and apologize for it, but he certainly um, sort of towed the company line as far as what Tillman Fertitta wanted him to do, and, and presumably in order to keep his job. Um, so, you know, I think that is a, a, a fair criticism uh, to, to Levy and Maury, and I don't think we should be, um, you know, championing, championing uh, Daryl Morey as, as, you know, this um, – <laughs> right. I don't that know, back this, down this, was quick. This, no, no, you're right. The, the back yeah, down was quick. Like I, if you know, Rory would have stood, stood behind like it, like, a, the, the I really care about this. You know, kind right, of, right. of uh, you know, situation. Um, so you got a firestorm uh, based on his his just his impulse, something he didn't really believe right. in that much. So that's the tough part. But I, well, I, and I'm I, not I necessarily – I'm not necessarily – I won't – yeah, and I won't say that he didn't believe in it that much. I'll just say that he was willing to delete it five minutes after put, putting it up um, because 
the ramifications came quick that he hadn't considered. Um, and, uh, you know, I just think that's that's a fair – I'm sure he does believe it. I don't think he would have tweeted it if he didn't. Um, but, like, you know, when push came to shove, he he backed down real quick. So, um, <laughs> but, hey, right. man, I, what, what, I, I really I know you got another caller. Call. I just want to make one more point. Yeah. One more point. Sure. This isn't the first time LeBron has backed down either, though, because you got to remember – the Tamir Rice situation where people in Cleveland were calling right. for him to say something. He kind of dipped right. his toe in the water and then backed up immediately. And mm-hmm. after that, he didn't say a, a mumbling word about it. So there right. are times where we've seen where he said, okay, man, this is going to hit me hard. If I try to go in on this, I'm going to back down. So this isn't the first right. time that LeBron has done that. So I'm not trying to make this case that LeBron is, is you know, is perfect on this issue. Because he's been bad on this issue, but I, I just reject the notion that this is supposed to be him as the spokesperson for the NBA for an issue this big. But uh, yeah, man, thanks nah. though. You're having a good show, and I'm, I'm gonna, you know, hang back and listen. All right, brother. I appreciate you calling in, and I appreciate your insight, man. Same. All right, man. Peace. All right, uh, we got one more caller. Uh, let me get to you. Nine seven three. Hold on, we're patching you in. All right, what's up, man? Oh, good evening, sir. How are you, man? All right, first time caller uh, to the show, but not not a stranger to blog talk at all. All right, good, good. Uh, just yeah. uh, your your thoughts on uh, LeBron's comments on China, Maury, uh, you know, anything kind of surrounding the issue. As if this hasn't been bizarre enough, now we get more from LeBron shooting off his big mouth. So what a surprise. I mean, how, how did Maury not know he was not being educated on the whole thing? I mean, it's his job to be educated on when well, he is the general manager of the Rockets, so how could he not know? I mean, really. I mean, that shows being, you know, shall we say, uh, ignorant about the whole thing? I, I'm not sure. Are you asking me my thoughts on it? If I yeah, I mean, was don't you think that he, was, that he was being ignorant about not knowing? I mean, that's part of his duty as general manager to know what's going on, you know, um, with this team and the league, isn't it? Uh, do I think he didn't consider the ramifications of what he was saying? Sure. I, I don't necessarily think that means that he was ignorant on the issues of China and Hong Kong. Those are two separate things. I see. I mean, you know, this whole thing, was, you know, I mean, the whole thing is just blown out of proportion. And sometimes, you know, it's just best not to say anything. You know, all this because of one tweet, and now it's all over the place as, you know, damaged the NBA relationship with China and the league. So, you know, now, so what's next? I mean, it's, you know. I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, man. Now, like, uh, the, the, your yeah. guess is as good as mine, I can tell you that much. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, this whole thing, you know, I don't think ever should have got started in the first place. And the guy I hear from LeBron. Yeah. He always shoots off his big mouth. Well, I mean, I, I don't like to kind of characterize it like that, but that's your words, not mine. Um, I, you know, I would just say I, I, I can agree with you in the sense of, uh, you know, what I, is, is kind of similar to what LeBron said. Um, I, I don't think Maury considered the ramifications of what was going on uh, or, or what would um, befall um, the league and the players and himself and everything else uh, after he sent out the tweet. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure if, if Maury could take it back, he would, I would like to think if LeBron could take back what he said yesterday, he would, or at least the part about Maury, 
Um, but, you know, I mean, I guess that's just the world we live in, you know. I mean, shit happens, and <laughs> there's always going to be a cleanup crew, and we're always going to have to figure shit out. But Well, um, it's a pretty big pile yeah. of shit to clean up, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. fucking massive. Um, but, wow. you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, basketball starts soon, and, you know, we'll be able to – yeah, exactly. And so Thank hopefully God. with games starting again, we'll kind of get into that. And, um, you know, this, this situation will kind of die down a well, little bit. Real, I, I, the real game. I find it hard to believe China's going to, um, you know, decide not to air um, NBA games for, you know, <laughs> the, the whole season. I mean, they make a shit ton of money off that too. So they, they yeah. stand to lose more, just as much, if not more money than the NBA does. Um, so, I mean, I think money wins out here. I think it's all posturing at this point. And, you know, yeah, I mean, well, I applaud if, Adam Silver for not backing down. Um, oh, of course. You know, at least with the, I mean, with the second Silver's statement. T- I mean, Silver's taking a lot of flax. He's been commissioner. I mean, he's no David Stern, you know, because, you know, Stern, of course, ruled with an iron fist. But I think we got to, you know, we have to give Silver, you know, more credit than, you know, it's got to give him a little bit more credit. Yeah, I mean, I, I I criticized him for his initial statement, um, but by the time we had done our last show, I mean, he had already better released a second statement. He had spoken in Japan about the issue, and I think he did a much better job, um, you know, uh, on that front uh, the the second go around. Um, yeah. And you know, I mean, he's obviously in a really tight spot, um, you know, because um, yeah. you know whether we like to whether we like to admit it or not, he is beholden to the. Uh, the governors uh, in the NBA, like I mean, uh-huh. those thirty team owners, um, you know, are uh, you know essentially his boss, collective boss. Um, right. So you know, he he first and foremost works for them, uh, and I, I think he's doing the best that he can to um, maintain the integrity of the league whilst still you know adhering well, to what the owners this- want, which is that China money. <laughs> So, well, won't this tarnish uh, the, I do not uh, envy tarnish the league a bit? Isn't this going to tarnish the league uh, a bit, though? Uh, I mean, I think the situation does, um, mm. possibly. Um, we'll see. Um, you know, mm. but, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's a good look. Um, but, I mean, no. I think he's he's certainly making the best of a bad situation. Um, but, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. Uh we got to get to uh, the rest of our show, man. But uh, hey, man, I appreciate you calling in, and uh, hope hope Thank you you. Uh, you know keep listening in and uh, subscribe to us on uh, wherever you get your podcast, man. If time allows me, I will because I'm very busy in the podcast world, you know, with uh, uh, shows, and uh, I have a show of my own actually. All right, well, yeah, drop a little plug before you uh, before you get off here, man. All right, I'd be glad to do that. The name of the show is the Enhanced. Sports show that's enhanced with an E, not with an I. Um, are you East Coast or are you somewhere else? Uh, East Coast. Good, good. Uh, we're Saturday night, 6 to 8 p.m. in the East. Uh, if you're out west, uh, 3 to 5. Uh, the number to call is 712-775-7035. And a PIN number you have to dial, but it's very easy. 423-999, and don't forget the pound sign at the end. Otherwise, you're out of luck. So if you got time between 6 and 8 Saturday night, give a call. All right. Cool, man. And we uh, cover, again, most, we cover mostly everything. Pardon me? Awesome. 
Uh, no, awesome. Uh, again, thanks for calling. And uh, yeah, man, uh, I'll be sure to check it out. That was it. it, it please repeat it for uh, me and our audience. Enhanced Sports. Enhanced Sports e, right? Show. Enhanced Sports, sports show, show. Saturday nights, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The number again is 712-775-7035. And the PIN number 423-999 plus the pound sign. Uh, here's a simple way to remember this. Lose the name and sports talk. That's my game. All right. All right, brother. Have a good one. Thank you. All right, Luke. Uh, let's. Uh, I think we can kind of leave it there. Um, <laughs> uh, let's jump into our um, Western Conference preview. Um, <clears throat> unless there's anything else you want to add to this uh, situation. <laughs> No, no, I'm ready to go on to the Western Conference right. and get into all some right, cool. uh, hot takes. Indeed, me too, sir. Um, all right, let's uh, let's jump into it. Um, all right, uh, Western Conference preview. Who's your number one seed out west? I mean, I think the number one seed's going to be almost unanimous. I think it's definitely the Clippers. Uh, just you know everything that they've done. If they can stay healthy, it's always an issue with um, any team. But if they can stay healthy, just top to bottom, their bench is really complete. I'm going to enjoy watching Harrell and seeing their closing lineup, you know, because, you know, now you can pull Lou and Harrell off the bench and close with that. So they're going to be very exciting. So definitely have the Clippers. Um, they got the coach, too. So definitely feel like if with health, they're going to run away with this one. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to disagree with you here. Um, and this is, by the way, I I hope this was clear when I was when I was um, announcing the, this earlier. Um, this is like regular season, right? You got that? This isn't like no, yeah. Ranking. I still think that the Clippers. I just I still okay. think the Clippers as an organization they'll want the number one seed very bad. So I think they'll be got pushing you. to. Okay. Finish number one. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, cool, cool. Um, I'm going Denver. Uh, I really think – I mean, obviously, they been a second last season. Um, I think adding Jerry and Grant is huge. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. finally played a fucking game. Um, so that's going to be good for them. Um, and then, you know, you got uh, uh, the continuity uh, uh, factor uh, of this team, um, you know, being – mostly what they were last year. Uh, and, I, I mean, I just – I really like them. I think Jokic is going to get better. I think Murray's going to continue to, to improve. I really like the the duo of those two players together. Um, they were hurt a lot last year. Will Barton missed a shit ton of time. Um, there were uh, – uh, Gary Harris missed a lot of time. Uh, so, like, having those players healthy, presumably – um, and, and obviously depth, they still have Monty Morris, they still have Malik Beasley, uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, uh, the, the good Plumley, um, Miles, I think. Uh, yeah, that's the good one. Uh, and, and, you know, just, just that whole team, I really love everything that, that they have going on. And I think that's the kind of team that's going to – um, really kind of want to fight for that one seed. It's, a, it's those teams with the, the kind of chip on their shoulder um, that kind of tend to, to 
overachieved in, in the regular season. Um, so, yeah, I, I got uh, Denver. All right, who's your number two? Uh, number two, I'm going to go with uh, uh, another team that I feel like is going to try to push it to just because where they're at, and it's the Houston Rockets. Um, mm. I kind of actually, you know, watching the preseason, it, and again, it's all preseason, so it's the the pairing right now between Westbrook and Harden hasn't looked bad. I mean, uh, Westbrook's definitely kind of changed his game a little bit. I mean, that small sample size and let Westbrook really get into a season when we're really starting to see his true colors, but I still think that, like you were saying, continuity, they have a lot of the same, you know, players and all that. You're really just replacing Westbrook with Chris Paul. And um, I think in circumstances, too, I mean, the team kind of last year, and it was still kind of fighting, I think the whole team can kind of see the rift happening between Harden and Paul and all that. So I think right now with just, you know, a, a, kind of a fresh start, but just adding Westbrook and, They'll definitely they're they're always one of those teams that are just gonna be competing. Um might not play that much, you know, defense, but they're still gonna just try to shoot lights out. Um, so I you know, with everything with all the changes and I think this this is Dan Antonio's last straw too. So I think he's definitely gonna push, you know, to be one of the higher seeds because I think, you know, his job's kinda, you know, on the line. So I I feel like the Rockets will definitely be pushing for that two seed. Yeah, man. Um, I definitely am like high-ish on the Rockets, uh, especially as it pertains to the regular season. I think they're going to be really good. Um, so yeah, I, I'm there with you mostly. I definitely have them with as a home court advantage team. Um, all right, my number two is Utah. I think Utah is kind of another team like Denver that's going to <clears throat> really fare well in the regular season. I just like the way this team has been constructed. I loved almost everything they did this offseason, bringing in Mike Conley. I think it's going to be huge as far as um, a real ball distributor who can also uh, legitimately play off ball that, like, Rubio just couldn't quite figure it out. He figured out that, like, one season, that first season. Um, but last year, he kind of regressed to the means um, – couldn't couldn't hit the open shots. Conley can do that. Um, they're about equal, in my opinion, as far as like defensively. You can maybe argue at this point in Conley's career, Rubio is just a little better defensively. Um, but I mean, I don't I don't really see it. I think they're about on par with one another. Um, and I just think Conley uh, brings like this this kind of calm to this to this offense um, that is going to be. Really, really helpful, and I think Bogdanovich, man, like bringing him in uh, with his versatility, both offensively and defensively, he can create his own shot. Um, so it finally gives you like that other shot creator um, to, to pair next to Donovan Mitchell. Um, he uh, is it proved to be uh, a plus defender over the last two seasons. I mean, we. He just kind of showed out in that uh, series against LeBron, uh, I think not last season, but the season before um, in in the playoffs in that first-round series between Indy and Cleveland. I mean, Indy almost won that series, and, uh, I mean, Boyan had a lot to do with that. Um, he very much took up the challenge of guarding uh, LeBron throughout the majority of that series. Um, so you <clears throat> plug those two players in, 
Uh, and then, you know, you, you also picked up uh, Ed Davis, which I think is like a sneaky, sneaky fucking great pickup. Um, and then they just have a bunch of other depth throughout their roster. Um, uh, they still have XM if he can ever figure it out. Uh, they, they picked up Moutier, which, like, for super cheap, which I was like, all right, yeah, that's not a bad move at all. Uh, Royce O'Neal. Um, they just have, like, a lot of really solid players. Joe Ingles. Uh, of course, Rudy Gobert. Uh, to to they have a full team, and I think they're going to be really good regular season. I just am not sure what they're going to be postseason. I don't doubt them. I just don't know. Like I, I'm pleading ignorance on this case. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But I definitely think they're going to be a great regular season team. So I got Utah. Uh, all right, number three. Who you got? So three for me was your number one. Um, I. I'm very high on Denver. I do feel like they're another team that they want to stay on top. They want to stay kind of revel, uh, relevant, you know, not just showing last year was kind of a fluke where they're at, you know, they're a really good team. I am kind of worried um, what they're going to do at their small forward position. You know, uh, they could start Will Barton, but I don't feel like that's Barton's best power, even though he kind of wants to, uh, you know, he definitely wants to start and, you know, they paid him, but he was always just really good coming off the bench and all that. So, that's just one position, and, you know, I mean, hopefully Porter Jr. can definitely start, you know, playing some basketball and really showing uh, us what he has. But I do fear that they could be one injury away if, if, you know, Jamal gets a little bit injured or Gary Harris, you know, comes up with that injury that they could slip them down when these two other teams, you know, their their superstars are just a little bit better and, and one can definitely cover for them while the other one's hurt, while Denver, I feel like, you know, might have to, you know, they're a good team. And like you said, they do have a deep bench. They have one of the deepest benches, you know, to definitely bring it back. I like the Grant move as well and all that. And, but they're just, I feel like right now they're the three seed. Just, they got to show me some, uh, some other people are going to have to take some steps. I definitely want to see Murray continue to trend up and all that. And um, I've always kind of been a big fan of uh, Gary Harris. I just want to see him have a solid full season. I always feel like there's a couple, like, weeks he'll go out or a month or so. He's, he's never injured. Like, he's not an injured front player, but he definitely hasn't played a full season, I, I feel like. So, I definitely got to see some things. But I, I do feel like they're, they're, they're definitely going to be competing. They don't want, you know, with the West being so stacked, they don't want to just fall off and make last year look like a fluke and all that, and they are an actually uh, a good team. So I think they'll, they're, they're going to be competing with, you know, every game trying to take advantage to get that home court advantage in the playoffs. Yeah, and I <clears throat> I really hope they give Jeremy Grant some run at the small forward position. Um, there hasn't really been any talk about that um, because I remember they said they were going to have, like, a tryout to see – who they would have a small forward and they ran off like four names. Um, I think it was, it was definitely um, who you mentioned, Will Barton, <clears throat> who was their starting uh, small forward last season. Um, and then uh, I think uh, MPJ, uh, Herning Gomez, and maybe Malik Beasley was the other one. Um, and, and I was just like, dude, like you're missing the, the fucking obvious one here. Plug Jeremy Grant in there. Like he is totally athletic enough to be able to play. He's a better help defender than he is an on ball defender, so I'll give him that. Um and maybe that is the issue. They don't want to use him as a 
as a primary perimeter defender. Um, but the only one who I think is is definitely better than him as far as <clears throat> perimeter, like on-ball perimeter defense is Malik Beasley. None of the other guys, I mean, we don't know what MPJ is going to be, but Hernan Gomez and, and Barton are not good defenders, on-ball, off-ball, whatever. Um, so, like, I don't know. I, I would love to see him get a shot. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. Um, but, uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely really like this team. Um, all right. My number four is Houston, as I mentioned, uh, would definitely have them as a, uh, playoff, uh, a home court playoff team. Uh, or oh, wait, I'm doing three. I'm sorry. Uh, number three is the Clippers. Um, I, uh, as much like you, I mean, I think they're going to be able to kind of um, work through the Paul George injury at the beginning of the season. They also have a lot of depth. Um, they obviously have some big man issues, um, but I don't think that's really going to hurt them too much in the regular season. I think it's going to be more of a um, of a p- perhaps a postseason issue against certain teams. Um, but like, I definitely don't think it's going to like be be a big detriment to them throughout the regular season. Um, I I don't know. I just I think that they just have the most talented team from top to bottom in the NBA. And if it weren't for Paul George's injury going into the season, I probably would be right there with you and have him number one. Um, But I do think that's going to be um, not just a roadblock as far as they're going to have to play the you know first month or so without him. But then they're going to have to work him into the lineup once he gets healthy and once he's a go. And so that's going to be a learning curve. Obviously, we have the question of load management with Kawhi, which I don't think they're going to do not as much as the Raptors did anyway. Um, but that's certainly um, on the forefront of, of you know, a, a possibility. Um, but they have enough players that they can plug and play, whether it be Mo Harkless, um, Jermichael Green, um, Obviously, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, um, and you know they have some good young players too. Landry Shamit, Terrence Mann. I'm excited to see him. Uh, see what kind of minutes he gets this year. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm with you. I just I really like this team. I'm just as far as a, a regular season team and and how they're going to have to kind of get off um, to maybe a slow start. Um, I just think maybe Denver and Utah finish with a slightly better regular season record. Um, all right, uh, number four. Uh, well, I'll, I guess I'll start number four since I already did. I got Houston um, for much of the same reason you said. I think that um, I think Russ and uh, Harden are going to figure it out together. I think it's going to take them some time, and I think Westbrook's going to have to. Um, I don't think it's a fact uh, necessarily him buying in or not buying in. I think he's already bought in to what's going on there. It's going to be can he deliver with the role that he's bought into, and I think that might take some time. Um, you know, it's it's not going to be as simple as just running it back. Um, but I think the one huge advantage that Russell Westbrook brings to the Rockets that I feel like is overlooked by a lot of people who just look at his inefficiencies is his athleticism and how he gets out on the break. Um, He's going to create, I would say five or six easy baskets in a basketball game that you just weren't getting from Chris Paul at this point in time. 
um, like catching a, catching a ball and moving off the break and moving in transition. Um, just weren't getting that from Chris Paul anymore. Um, and he's always Chris Paul's always kind of been more of a half court player. Anyway, um, you're going to get a better transition game from the Rockets this year, I think, um, given that you have Russell Westbrook, because um, the guy's freight train. Like he'll get the ball and he'll start moving it up the court and he'll find guys and he'll get guys open looks. Um, and that's going to be something really exciting. And I think that's a big reason why Harden uh, is excited about playing with Russell Westbrook because he likes to have the ball in the half court. Um, and I think Russ will be fine with that, but he's going to be cool with Russ operating the fast break aspects of their offense um, because Russ is honestly better at that than Harden is, and he's better at it than uh, Chris Paul is. So I think that is something that's kind of overlooked as far as this squad um, that I think might end up being a net neutral as far as Russell Westbrook versus Chris Paul. Um, The biggest question, of course, is still going to be can they – can they – keep James Harden, uh, keep his minutes down low enough to where come playoff time, he doesn't look super washed. Um, He looked better last season, but he still didn't show up in game six. Chris Paul had to carry the load there, and it just wasn't enough. Um, That's going to continue to be the issue for that team, um, regardless of CP3, Russ, whoever they bring in there with him. Um, And to me, that's that's going to be the issue that they have to solve, the biggest one anyway. Um, but, yeah, as far as a regular season team, I really, really like them. Um, all right, your number four, Luke. Um, my number four uh, is Utah Jazz. I mean, it's a lot of the same things that you said. I, I liked every single one of their moves that they did. Losing favors, I feel like, might come down if, you know, because there's been those seasons where Gobert's got hurt and kind of favors helped them, you know, through that timeline. So, I do like Ed Davis, but I just don't feel like he's as strong as a, a backup as favor, so I feel like that could hurt them. Sure. But um, great defensive team already, I mean. And it's not like you're getting, you know, guys that are very, you know, defense like they're going to make your defensive worse. I mean, I feel like Conley's a smart enough player where he's going to, you know, he, he's got that very high Q, IQ so he can see the court, and I feel like he'll put himself in better position. Yeah, he's going to. He's not as fast as some of the guards he's going to have to cover, and, you know, there might be some switching they have to do, you know, put him on some twos and all that, where he might run into some mismatches there. But I feel like they'll, they'll be just fine. Um, You know, I, I, I think that Mitchell's going to finally take a bigger step, too, because he's going to have a lot of, of the pressure, you know, kind of taken off of him with having Bogdanovich, uh, too, and just, you know, more – scoring they're they're not just a defensive team anymore where it's kind of you know they're just beating you by just playing really good defense team defense and all that so I feel like you're going to see just a big step with him I I do want to make the case that he makes his first all-star game um feel bad for Conley because I think he'll have a good season but I feel like uh Mitchell definitely this year he's going to take that that next step uh kind of saw it in the FIBA he's kind of just showing some of his you know some progressions that he's made to is just very explosive. And I just think just ha- having a more complete team now around him, especially offensively, is going to, you know, make him take that next step. And I really feel like he, he's going to be an all-star this year in the Western 
conference, which is going to be a hard conference to make. But mm-hmm. I do I, I like I like Mitchell a lot this year, and I just like what he has around him. Conley's gonna, I, I feel, you know, he's gonna be that that vet that he needed him to kind of help him slow down his game too in some situations where he won't be doing as much. I do like the ball when it's in his hands, but you know there there's gonna be some times where he's gonna have to play off ball. But I I feel like he's just gonna help that team and really compete. Yeah, um, and I think that's a really good point. Like, um, Mitchell, he, you you and me and everyone else, I mean, we like the ball in his hands, but he makes a lot of um, – he, he takes a lot of bad shots, man. And I'm just hoping that having Conley there will alleviate some of that pressure, and that's what I'm hoping to see. I'm just hoping to see more efficient play from Mitchell this year because he's got all the skills – um, if he's just a, a little bit more efficient um, from the field, he's got a very good chance of being an all-star this year. Um, and uh, I think that's the, the next step for him. Uh, and, yeah, so I, I'm right there with you. So we got the same uh, same four teams uh, in the one through four, just uh, in slightly different um, slots. But uh, that's interesting. So we um, we definitely agree on home court advantage teams. Um, now let's get into some parts where we're probably not going to agree. So you got number five. I fought uh, really hard with this one. My five and six were really close and all that. And in the end, the fifth team, I had to go with the Lakers. Uh, I do feel like there there's a lot of holes. I want to know what their closing lineup's going to be. I know they've been fooling around with a lot of their starting lineups and all that. I feel like with Kuzma being out, you know, you really can't figure out a starting lineup with them yet. But they're they're good enough if LeBron and Anthony Davis can stay healthy the whole year. This is the big factor, too. Um, Anthony Davis hasn't had a full season where he's been healthy, and I feel like he's not playing his strongest position right now, which is center. And LeBron, too, I mean, he hasn't been injured. Uh, I feel like LeBron's going to have a big bounce back here, but uh, I, he's not playing his best position, too. I mean, they've been having him play point guard, which has been pretty much a point guard this whole his whole career. He's just never just been played at the one where you just don't have a traditional point guard around him. You've kind of had someone or at least a shooting point guard. So, you know, not seeing Rondo out there and uh, Avery Bradley and him, that first lineup, but – I do feel like if they can stay healthy, there's going to be times where they're just going to take advantage of some teams, especially how big they can go. Uh, but if if they can get a little bit – if Kuz can take – if Kuz can fill in the role to be the third best player, if that's him all coming off the bench or starting, uh, you know, that they'll be really fine. But there's com- some questions I have elsewhere. I mean, Bradley, you know, he's a good player. I uh, love them on the Celtics, but he's not the same Avery Bradley anymore. I mean, he's the same three-point shooter. Uh, Rondo's really not a three-point shooter. I mean, KCP, he's, you know, he's been their best three-point shooter, but it's not really, you know, someone that I'm relying on to play around LeBron and Anthony Davis. But I do feel like those two are going to really create, and it's going to really fun seeing them both kind of do the pick and roll. I mean, you could have Anthony Davis being the point while LeBron comes and sets the pick for him because Anthony Davis has that good of hands. I mean, a lot of people are, I mean, I think we've kind of, you know, forgotten how skilled he is with actual dribbling the ball in his, his hands. I mean, he used to be a point guard. So if they can stay healthy, they're going to compete. I, you know, 
but it's all on health. I mean, if, if Anthony Davis goes down for extended time, they're going to be competing, you know, fighting to stay in the West Conference because the West is not easy. And they're definitely one of those teams where they're one injury away or one, you know, kind of key person sitting out where it could slip and, and you know, you might not get that back in the West. Yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be the big concern, and obviously we're already getting started with Anthony Davis has this, I think, thumb injury, um, and I, I last I heard they were thinking four to six weeks potentially, um, but I think that was just speculative when I heard it. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's not starting off on a good foot. Um, I do think the Lakers have a relatively easy schedule to start the season, as I recall. Um, and then they have a much tougher schedule down the tail end of the season. Um, so hopefully that should help them as far as um, LeBron being able to, to kind of carry the weight until he can come back, um, until AD can come back. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be – it's, it's all about health. Yeah, absolutely. If those two guys stay healthy um, – they could easily be a three or four seed. Um, but like they're, um, you know, if, if they don't both stay healthy, they could easily miss the playoffs. I mean, you need both of those guys healthy for this team to be effective. Um, and that's just a lot, you know, you've got all of your chips in on two guys. Whereas, you know, with these other teams, you, you know, with Denver, Utah, the Clippers, even Houston, you know, even Houston, if, if, um, Harden goes down for say uh, a month. I have no doubt in my mind that they could hover around 500 with Russ, Eric Gordon, uh, PJ Tucker, Clint Capella. You just kind of fill in whatever kind of guys you maybe Gerald Green. I know he he I think he just got hurt, um, but like whatever guys you can fill in to to get you on the wing. Um, they don't have the best depth, but I mean I think a team like that has a better chance of figuring it out than. Um, especially with with a coach who's been there for several years, uh, whereas the Lakers, you know, you got Frank Vogel who's, who's just kind of getting there and trying to figure all this out on the fly. Um, it's uh, it's going to all come down to um, how healthy can those guys stay throughout the course of the season. So we'll see. Uh, my number five, I got Portland. Uh, not selling my Portland stock. Um, I did it. You know, I think last year I had them. I had them making the playoffs, but I had them like eight, um, and they ended up being the third seed. So I'm going with five. I'm just kind of going to split the difference. Um, the, the, there are some things that concern me, um, but the, the biggest the biggest reason that I'm still keeping them at five is I think I could definitely see them flipping Whiteside um, for some pieces. Uh, later down the road, once they get Nurkic back, I think that's going to be maybe a plus that could help them. Um, they just have they have plenty of assets, plenty of young players. They have plenty of um, expiring salary. They have all of their first round picks going forward. They have the necessary components to improve their team if they feel they need to do so. Um, and we've seen in the past they're not afraid to do so. They're all in. They have been for the last several years, um, and I just think they're going to make it work. I don't necessarily love their team as currently constructed because they don't really have any legit forwards. Um, like, I guess if you consider Zach Collins a forward, he's not really. He's more of a center. 
Um, he's a, a forward. He's, I guess maybe a small ball five. He's not really that small. He's, he's just a little lightweight. Um, but I mean, he he's he plays like a, a stretch five. Um, and you know, I, I, I my guess is they're going to start him at the four. But that's um, that seems interesting. Uh, we'll see if he can keep up defensively. Um, you know, also they don't really have any legit wing forwards. Um, I guess if they start Kent Bazemore, but again, he's more of a two. Um, so they're going to be playing. I know we're in positionless basketball and all that, but I bring it up to say, like, you, with, without having any legit forwards, it just it limits what you can do because you don't have anybody who's like a three-four, who's like that kind of guy. Um, they really need to go get that kind of guy, um, and you know. I think they will um, at some point this season. I think that there will be some obvious sellers out there, and they will um, they'll go do it. Um, and you know, I mean, we'll see. I I, I think it was really interesting that um, that they uh, moved off of Mo Harkless because he seems like a guy that you would want to have kept around um, just for again position like positional scarcity. Um, he's a wing. Uh, he's a guy who can play that three and that four. He, he knows the offense. Uh, it seems like he would have been a the guy they wanted to keep around, but, um, but nevertheless, I still, I trust in Dame. I think he's going to have a great season. CJ, um, he's just really fucking good. Um, Hood had a, had a good stretch with them last season. I think Whiteside's, um, defensive woes will be um, kind of kept under wraps uh, as far as with uh, Stotts, uh, with his defense. We saw uh, Cantor be a much more effective defender um, last season in that system than uh, he had really ever been uh, throughout his career. Um, So I think that could kind of pay off um, for them uh, with Whiteside. Uh, so I think they've got a lot of things going in their favor, um, and I think they got a lot of resources to pivot um, if they need to do so. And I don't think they'll have any hesitation to do so um, if uh, if they feel like they need to. Um, so yeah, for all those reasons, I like Portland at five. All right, who you got at six? So six is Portland for me. This this is why I'm really fighting in. I mean, I wanted to have them at five, but there's a lot of things that I mean just to turn me away. I mean, losing, and not that he was a great player, but Evan Turner kind of helped that second unit and really controlled it, and that he was their score off the bench, and I feel like, you know, they don't really have that anymore on their bench right now. I mean, Anthony if Simons, you wanna, man. Yeah. Up, I mean, man. I've got I to <laughs> see Simons really play. I mean, he's gotten the most hype I've, you know, seen. I mean, he really did well. I know, right? Don't get me wrong, but I just yeah. don't like, you know, their bench is kind of scarce in right now. And don't get me wrong, Bazemore is better, you know, defensively a, a little bit, but he's not a huge upgrade, you know, taking him over that 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 hump and all that. And he's a better but I shooter. do still love Dame. Yeah, he's he's gonna he's a better shooter and all that, but he's not really, you know, being that plus five it's games, like they, they won five more games and all that. You know, they're just you know things. No, yeah, like a, you say, lateral move. It's a 
yeah, they're equal. They're equally talented players in different facets of the game. And I actually do like the Whiteside um, trade. Uh, I feel like you know he's going to help you know void the gap right now, and I do think they'll flip him. I mean, if I was them, I'd I'd flip him. I'd have enough young pieces. Um, I'm maybe taking a look at Kevin Love. I think Love mm-hmm. would be fun on that team. You know, I mean, if you can get him cheap, I mean, you're not going to get him for this expensive you know, tag, and if you can flip Whiteside back for it, I mean, it's not really, I mean, you're just getting them for some more years, so you might have to give give up as much. I don't really see them making any more big splashes than that, but... Would you rather you know, have Love or Yeah, I could see both, either one of those, you know, and they won't have to give up that much. I just don't think that the Thunder would want to take back Whiteside in that when Cleveland might no, be like, No, I don't like, think whatever, you do. I mean, I think Whiteside. you could flip Baysmore for Gallo. And then you could work yeah. out what you're gonna do, what you're gonna do with um, with Whiteside. Get something else for Whiteside, some you know down the road. Yeah, but they're just right now just the power forward and small forward is just a huge question mark for me. And I mean, don't get me wrong, Dame. I feel like it's gonna happen. Just another phenomenal year and all that. But it just them not getting that fifth seed is just because two. Their two superstars are not as good as the Lakers' two superstars, and and if everyone's healthy, so I really want yep. to have them above the Lakers, but I just feel like in the end, LeBron and AD can shut down that team, even if they don't have as much people around them as Portland might have. They just still are just two better superstars, though. And the Lakers, they 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 cannot take off the gas right now after six consecutive seasons of missing the playoffs and now with the Clippers done and, you know, they definitely don't want to keep on falling behind the Clippers. They're going to be wanting to compete for a high. So that's why I just, I fought for it for a while, but I had to put Portland at the sixth seed. Now hear you. All right. Uh, in the words of Michael Keaton's uh, Batman, uh, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Number six, Sacramento Kings, baby. Uh, that's right. I'm taking the Kings. At number six, um, I, I get why a lot of people aren't think like there's there's I've heard this a lot. I think the Kings will be better, but they won't. Their record won't be. Um, and I get it. Uh, the West is better than it was last season, um, and so it's totally natural to think they could be a better team but have a worse record. Um, and and I know a lot of people will argue that. Um, you know, their their point differential did not suggest that they should have had as many wins as they had last season. Um, but I just look at this team, man. I think that, um, well, I mean, first of all, their core, their young core group is just really good. I think De'Aaron Fox is a fucking stud. I think he's going to get better. I think Buddy Heels is a stud. Um, he's just a fucking knockdown shooter, and maybe he doesn't shoot 43% this year, but I bet you he shoots north of 40. Um, he's just – he's a shooter. Like, that's what he does. Uh, Bogdanovich is a great, like, sixth man. Uh, they're going to bring him off the bench. He's going to be a big contributor for them. Um, he'll probably close some games out for them depending on, um, you know, what they need. Uh, I don't love Harrison Barnes. Um, in fact, when he joined the team last season, they actually got worse. I would be way higher on this team if they had traded for Otto Porter, which I have said over and over again, but alas, they did not. 
But I do think given um, him having the time to um, kind of work in uh, to this team in the off season, I think it's going to be big. Um, and, and I do think the fact that he has positional versatility, he can play the three, he can play the four, gives Luke Walton uh, a few different directions to go um, as far as that team. Uh, so let me position away real quick now that I mentioned Luke Walton. Um, Luke Walton loves to run the fucking ball. Um, he did it with uh, the Warriors when he was there. He did it with the Lakers. Um, the The Kings are like the best possible fucking team to run up and down the court all fucking game. They got young guys with young legs. Um, they're going to be really good and really um, um, uh, they're, they're, they're going to have that physique to be able to pull that off throughout 82 games uh, throughout the course of the season. Um, and I like Dave Yeager, but he didn't run the ball enough. He still kind of wanted to he, – he did, but he, he didn't embrace it. Luke Walton's going to embrace it, and I think that's going to open up a new um, – uh, almost like a new level for this team. Uh, also, I love them adding Dwayne Dedman. It is a perfect fucking ad because he gives you what you need defensively as a five, as a paint protector, um, a guy who can snag some rebounds. Uh, both offensively and defensively, um, but he also gives you um, that perfect pairing next to Marvin Bagley because he can stretch the floor. He can hit those corner threes, which means he opens up the lane, which means Bagley can operate more in the lane, uh, more freely, um, and you don't have to push Bagley to shoot um, these like long shots that you know he's not necessarily comfortable with yet. I think it's going to be great for both his development and the team throughout the season. Um, and then just as far as their bench, Corey Joseph is a solid ad. Um, I'm not really thrilled about the Ariza ad. We'll see if that ends up working out. I mean, I don't feel like he did enough at all last season to warrant the contract that they gave him. Um, but nevertheless, uh, you know, he's a, he's a he's a good veteran to have on a team. I just feel like he probably should have gotten a lot less money than that honestly um but uh but still nevertheless like uh quality veteran um and then they still have Bielitsa who can stretch the floor um they they still have uh Harry Giles who could you know come out and and um take a leap this season uh if he's kind of finally over um all of those nagging injuries that uh stunted the beginning of his career um there's just a lot of fucking pieces and it's not really – to me, it's not really a lot of pieces where, you know, I look at a team like the Pelicans, and I'm like, fuck, when's Josh Hart going to get any fucking minutes at all? Um, you know, I look at this team, and I can see a pathway for all of these guys to get minutes. Maybe not as many as they want, but, like, I can see a way for all of these guys to get minutes. I just think they got a fucking shit ton better. I think the players that they have are going to play better. Um and uh, are, you know, are going to um, continue to improve rather. Uh, and I just fucking love this team. I think they're going to make the playoffs this year. I got them at six. I I, I mulled over. I had them anywhere between six and nine. Um, and I, I I had them at eight for a while, and then I bumped them up to seven, and then I finally decided, fuck it, I'm going to bump them up to six. I think they're that good. So yeah, Sacramento six.
bold move caught in that there. Thank you, sir. I like it. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love Sacramento. I think they're a fun team. Uh, I do think, you know, they're definitely going to pick, compete. But uh, that's kind of like my seventh team right now. Um, I have J.J. Reddick's uh, consecutive uh, years of making to the playoffs not getting broken. And I really like this New Orleans team. It's along the same lines of what you kind of said is they're going to run. And, I mean, this team is Mm -hmm. really going to move it. I mean, they've got – the perfect guy to kind of grab the ball right off the rim and Lonzo and just get this thing going. I mean, they had this alley-oop the other, I want to say their last preseason game, where he was like five feet behind half court, and he just threw up this lob to, to Zion just in transition to a dunk. And I really like the Dave Favors signing. I mean, he's not, a, you know, the greatest center and all that, but, you know, he's, he's, he's going to get you by and all that. Um, and I feel like, you know, right now, I mean, with Ingram, I feel like the starting lineup is definitely Zion Ball, Ingram Favors, and um, and Drew, which is bleeding J.J., you know, to come off your bench. And I like J.J., you know, if that's where he's going to have to play. I mean, J.J. is going to be a great person off the bench to definitely be able to stretch the floor. I think Ingram's going to take this step, um, you know, this next step. Him and Lonzo, I feel like not being in the – it's so much in the Lakers light anymore and kind of already been traded and having this chip on their shoulder and wanting to prove everyone wrong. They're really going to compete. And then also like some of their, like, you know, they're definitely going to have to find minutes for Nikhil Alexander Walker, which he's going to be fun to watch. I mean, he's been doing really good in the preseason. He's just, he's just like his cousin and all that. So he's, he's, he's getting up where he's going to find minutes. Hart is definitely a solid person off the bench. He's a smart player. He was probably one yeah. of the, the more – I mean, he was he was up and down last year for the Lakers, but he's definitely one of the more, like, you know, I mean, solid people. And I just – and even, you know, Hazen, you know, they have a decent bench right now. And I just feel like, you know, New Orleans is definitely going to compete. And they're going to be running just so fast in their, in their transition. And, and, I mean, even though it's been preseason, but Zion, the way he's played, he's definitely showing that he's a lot faster – than a lot of these guys in the NBA, and he just can just jump and get up and, you know, I mean, he's not going to, you know, continue this run of 20-point games and shooting over 70%, you know, even though it's way better than those numbers, but he's he's going to hit a wall, but he's just been a lot of fun, and I really yeah. just like this New Orleans team and what they've kind of built around him. I mean, Anthony Davis never had a team like this, and even Etwan Moore coming off the bench. I mean, he's another person that he's always – he's been starting on that team, and now he can come off the bench, which is more relief off of him. And all he's got to do is just stand in a corner and shoot, and that's what he's good at is shooting threes. So, it's just I, – I just like this team. Uh, you know, that's just how young they are. The whole just turnaround and, and redoing the thing, I just really think that they're going to just surprise a lot of people this year. Yeah, man. I, I like this team a lot. Uh, by the way, I heard uh, a new nickname for Nikhil Alexander-Walker. So uh, it's this part of it isn't new, but, you know, a lot of people calling him Naw uh, for NAW. Um, I know we've, we've thrown that around. I think everyone kind of came up with that independently. Um, but uh, on Fast Break Breakfast, shout out to the fellows over there at Fast Break Breakfast. Uh, uh, John on the show uh, – Throughout uh, the new nickname, Nolans, 
uh, which I think is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, uh, that's that's just fucking great for Mikhail Alexander Walker. Um, that's uh, that's that might even be better than Trey TL. Um, it's that fucking good. Um, but uh, but yeah, dude, this, this team they're gonna have to get uh, they're gonna have to get uh, Walker minutes because um, he is fucking showing out. Um, it's going to be hard to get some of those guys minutes for sure. Um, but, uh, but Hey, that's a good problem to have. And, you know, maybe they package a few of these guys and end up, you know, making some kind of, um, upgrade, uh, throughout the season. I mean, that's certainly a possibility if the right trade comes along. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like them a lot too. Uh, all right. My number seven, uh, San Antonio. I'm not giving up on Pop yet. Um, didn't do it last year, um, and not going to do it this year. Uh, a lot of people said they wouldn't make the playoffs last year. Um, I did not subscribe to that theory. Even more people this year saying they won't make the playoffs. Again, I don't subscribe to that theory. Uh, when Pop doesn't make the playoffs, uh, then I will believe it. Um, until then, like I'm just going to keep on trucking. Uh I think having Murray back, the leap that White took, having Lonnie Walker in the fold this year, um, I like both of their draft picks a lot. Um, I think uh, DeRozan having a year to kind of figure things out and figure out how, you know, he fits into that offense. Uh, Aldridge was really solid last year. I have no reason to think he won't be uh, at least close to that good this year. Um, I think Jakob Pertl, he's in a contract year. I think he can make um, a considerable leap and maybe get a few more minutes um, out there on the court this year. Um, again, after having played, uh, you know, after having been there for a season now. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I, I like this team. I like the depth they have. And I just, I trust Pop. So, yeah, I'm going with Spurs at seven. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very hard to go against Pop. I mean, he's definitely knows how to get the most out of his guys. And really just even when everyone's doubting them, they always do good. I mean, it really sucks because I had to move him out of mine because for my eighth seed, I, it was between them and Golden State for me. And I just feel like no, no right now, huh? not even a consideration. No, not even I, – I, don't get me wrong. I love Sacramento, but I still feel like they're young and all that. And some things – and Fair I'm enough. with you. I, I don't like the Barnes as much. Uh, and, you know, I still feel like they're young. I, I, I have – don't get me wrong. I have the 8, 9, and 10 seed where I feel like they could be in like a playoff play-in game where, or it could be like a half game and then two of them are tied and have to play for the 8 seed. I have them that close. Like I, I have these three teams – but I, I, I'm going Golden State. It would be Golden State Spurs and Sacramento. That's why I kind of have it shaken out. But um, I feel like a lot of people are going to be sleeping on Curry this year. If he can stay healthy, he's going to have another one of those MVP years where he's just completely shooting lights out. Um, I do, you know, they losing Durant stinks and Iguodala. But, um, you know, I, I feel like Russell's going to help kind of fill that void. Um, you know, they, their depth's not as good this year. You know, they did lose Livingston. I've always been skeptical on their bench. But if, they, if Clay can come back around mid-year, I feel like 
They're just one of those teams that are going to be competing every day. Uh, Steve Kerr is a good coach as well. Um, he's going to get the most. And Draymond Green, which blew my mind that they finally released the hype, and he's only a six-five guy, and I still hate <laughs> yeah. him to death, but I have way more respect for him. He, he kind of gained a respect, more respect chip in mind that he is six five and he's been doing this for that long. So I yeah. can't sleep on the Golden State. I feel like they're going to they they they're just going to be really just you know the underdogs this year and kind of take advantage at sometimes where you know Curry's just going to light them up and Russell's going to do it. and if they can get him Clay and right up the playoffs. I feel like you know. And that final stretch, if it does come down a half game and all that, they're they just have what it takes. And don't get me wrong, I like the Spurs, but I'm worried that if Aldridge gets hurt for the Spurs, they don't really have anything really in the big man position, and they're they're going to be way too guard heavy. And they're not. Are they a three point shooting team? Are they a mid range team? So that's why. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was hard to go against Pop, but I it was it was Kerr versus Pop. Popovich and you know they're both really good coaches and I just like right now that the guard play on Golden State can be better and you know Draymond Green doesn't have to do as much as Lamar Sells. all Draymond Green has to do is really play defense and that's something that he's just really good at so I have them just grabbing that last spot in a very tough Western Conference. Yeah he's gonna have to play all of the defense this year uh, without Clay and, and Iggy uh, in the fold, at least play for the first half of the season, if not more. Um, all right, I got one spot left. I got the Lakers and I got the Warriors still that I have not picked. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guess who you think I'm picking. I think you're gonna take the Warriors because I think you're like me, and you agree that the Lakers <laughs> didn't do as much in this off season to get better players around LeBron. I mean, I understand, you know, you have to wait in Kawhi, but I feel like you're like me. If Anthony Davis hits any type of injury where it's a month or two, this could really be a detrimental impact on the Lakers. And I feel like you're going to have, and their coaching is, you know, Golden State's coaching is better and all that. So I feel like you have the Lakers not making the playoffs. Well, you're, you're, you're a hundred percent right. in your theory, well, you're, you're, you're mostly right, and your theory is sound, but it's a trick question because I'm taking the fucking Pelicans, baby. I'm taking the Pelicans at eight. Lakers and Warriors both missing the fucking playoffs this season. Um, yeah, I'm getting wild. Uh, I, I love this Pelicans team. Uh, I wasn't uh, sold on them. I had them 10, 11, uh, and I just I, – I, I'm buying into the preseason hype, man. Zion just looks fucking totally dominant. Uh, Lonzo looks like he's a totally new player there. Um, Ingram's still a question mark, um, but I like the fact that they're embracing starting him. I think that's big for them. I think there was a lot of, um, um, you know, even we talked about this, because uh, you could you could really pick between Lonzo and Ingram. You could start Redick in either one of those places just because of, Lonzo's positional versatility and Drew's positional versatility. Um, so, I mean, it, it would be easy to do, but they're embracing this young team. They're going to bring Redick off the bench. I think that's smart. Um, I still think he's going to get a lot of valuable minutes. 
Um, but this will actually probably be good for longevity for his career. Um, and uh, for, I mean, all the reasons you said, they're going to run and gun. I think Reddick's going to provide them with some shooting. Etuan Moore is going to provide them with some shooting. Um, Drew Holiday is in a great three-point shooter, but he does provide at least some gravity as far as teams um, drifting out on him. They're going to need Ingram and Lonzo to both um, hit shots. Lonzo has done so this preseason. He's not been afraid to shoot three. He's never really been afraid to shoot three. Um, he just hasn't been effective, but he's worked on his mechanics uh, this offseason. Um, his shot looks a lot more fluid, um, just like a lot less wonky than it has in the past. Um, I think he's going to have a really good season. Again, it's going to be whether he can stay healthy. But, like, let's not forget um, they brought in that Phoenix Suns um, uh, health uh, – uh, shit, what do you call it? Uh, you, you know what I'm trying to say here. Uh, medical crew, thing, uh, that's that's it. Uh, and um, that, you know, that, uh, that can be overlooked. Like, one bar none, like, universally kind of considered the best – uh, medical crew of any team, and they just like fucking snack them. Uh, and so, like, I think that is going to, um, you know, provide a lot of help for them uh, throughout the season. And I just think it'll be so fucking funny if the Pelicans make the playoffs and the Lakers don't. <laughs> I think it'll be fucking great. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll get to my thoughts on the Lakers and the Warriors as we, um, you know, and it very soon. Um, but yeah, I, I just like everything this Pelicans team has. Um, I think Gentry's just going to run and gun. Um, and they just, I don't think there's a person on that team that I would say that's, that's not an NBA player like that. You know, you got, you got that guy cause there's not enough NBA players. You know, you got to fill out your roster with somebody, not this team, man, this team, every fucking player on this team, uh, they're they're all NBA players. They're all really solid fucking players. I mean, maybe what the the worst players like Frank Jackson, and like he's just been hurt like since he got into the league. Like I I still think he could be a really solid um, player, and it's not like they're really relying on him anyway. Um, I just I I like this team top to bottom. I think um, they do have a little bit of concern as far as. Um, wing depth uh they don't quite have enough quality wing play um but you know like we said they have all of these fucking draft picks they can make a deal if if they're a fringe playoff team they can make a deal to get somebody and not like i'm not talking about like a home run deal i'm just talking about like get a nice wing player to, to to get on your bench you know um you know uh trying to think of somebody off the top of my head uh like fuck, maybe Iguodala. Like, maybe they're like, fuck it, we'll, we'll give up a really distant future first-round pick that, you know, <laughs> that's not even ours to begin with uh, to get Iguodala. Um, yeah, that's a, that's certainly a possibility for this team. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I, I like a lot of what this team has to offer, and I'm just, I'm, I'm buying, I'm buying early on, on uh, Zion Inc. Um, you know, the, the, the guys over at open floor, they, they're, uh, you know, the, the proud supporters, uh, and, and flagship members of Giannis Inc. I'm starting Zion Inc. 
I'm, I'm buying in. I'm saying they're making the playoffs this year. Um, and it sounds like you are too. So we're we're all in on Zion Inc. Uh, over here at NBA Geekly. Um, all right, number nine, just missing the playoffs. Uh, so I guess you, you got the Spurs here. Yeah, I, I have the I have the Spurs. I mean, I I, I want it. I mean, I do think Sacramento has what it takes to to really be a playoff team this year. It's just um, Spurs. Uh, you know, you got to go with kind of coaching. You know, you got to even though Luke Walton is going to be great for the Kings because he gets just a young team that can just go up and down the court. Um, Popovich, he's not going to want to not be in the playoffs, so he's going to be making. And I do like DeJounte Murray coming back, too. I feel like, you know, he's definitely overlooked. Uh, White took a step up, so he can definitely come off the bench and really help that out. So it's going to be fun kind of seeing all the guards play. Um, So, yeah, I have him just barely missing out. But like I said, I had the the 8, 9, 10 seed are, like, right there neck and neck for me. Yeah, yeah. all right, uh, I'm going to go 9 and 10. It's kind of 9A and 9B here because it's the Warriors and the Lakers. Um, really in no particular order. I have the Lakers at 9 the Warriors at 10, but, like, you could flip that any way you want. Um, I mean, I think it boils down to this. I don't trust Steph Curry to stay healthy um, throughout the, the course of the season, um, and I don't trust both Anthony Davis and LeBron to stay healthy enough um, throughout the course of their season. This all comes down to health. These teams are healthy. They're easily in the playoffs. I have no doubt about it. Um, but, I mean, I just don't trust them to stay healthy. I really don't. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, maybe maybe they can pull it out. But, I mean, Steph hasn't, um, hasn't you know, played a full season uh, in, in the last two years. Um, you know, he's always had the ankle concerns. Um, they're going to be relying on him so much um, to, to – basically be um, pretty much their whole offense, you know, short of a little bit of contribution from D'Angelo Russell. But, like, dude, you look at who the fuck else is getting them points? Like, Draymond's not getting you points. Uh, what, McKinney? Uh, like, he's not he's not getting you points. Um, you know, Kevon Looney, I really like him, but he's not getting you buckets. Like, they're going to need stuff to average 50 a fucking night if they want to make the playoffs. Uh, and, and, yeah, well, not 50. I'm, I, I'm being a little hyperbolic. Um, but, like, I, I, I don't trust him to stay healthy, and I don't trust this team um, the way they're currently constructed. Um, I think they're going to try to make a run at it. Um, and I think they definitely have this feeling of, um, you know, the world's against us again. Um, although, like, I, I've heard very few people who side with me on this. Um, like, very, very few people who actually think they're going to miss the playoffs. Um, and I've kind of said this for a few weeks leading into this that I didn't think they were going to make it. Um, but, like, I, for the most part, everybody that I've listened to throughout my many, many networks of podcasts um, have, have pretty much been like, yeah, I think they'll pull it out. I think they'll make it. They'll be like six or seven. Um, and I just I don't see it, man. Um, it's gonna take Steph. I think if Steph plays seventy to seventy five games, they got a shot. I don't expect them to play seventy to seventy five games. Never been huge on D'Angelo Russell. 
Um, and him having to fit into this kind of system where he doesn't get to run all like all those pick and rolls fucking all the time. Um, I don't know. That's that's going to be interesting to kind of figure out. Um, that, you know, obviously losing Iguodala is huge. Um, you know, it, not having Clay Thompson is obviously fucking huge. And it's you know maybe he comes back earlier than what I'm anticipating, and that could swing uh, swing the the um, the pendulum heavily in their favor. Um, but I don't know, man. Um, hamstring injuries, they, they usually take a certain amount of time. They usually take about nine months. And even when those players come back, they're not like a hundred percent right away. Um, and defensively is where Clay really needs that hammy to, to work in his favor. Cause he moves a lot, uh, on the defensive end. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm I I don't think uh I don't think they're going to be able to sustain um all of those uh pitfalls. As far as the Lakers, I think it's even more simple. I just don't trust AD and LeBron um to stay healthy. Um if if LeBron's having to play without AD, he's on a worse team than he was last season. Um like maybe you could argue this team fits around him better um because they do have more shooters. Um, so I do think that's a fair argument to present. Um, but it's not just them. All these guys are fucking old. Avery Bradley's been banged up for years now. Um, Danny Green is like usually pretty consistent as far as health, but like I don't know, man. He's pretty fucking old. He he could easily end up getting something and, and miss some time. Um, obviously, Cousins is already out. They got the whole Dwight Howard thing. They got to juggle. Um, AD not wanting to play the fucking center position. Uh, like, where's Kyle Kuzma going to get his minutes when everybody's playing? Um, and, you know, Contavious Caldwell poked inconsistencies. Uh, Rajon Rondo, like, I don't, <laughs> I just don't like this team very much outside of the two superstars. And the crazy thing is that. You know, when Joel and I did our um, top duos in the league, this was my number one duo. It was LeBron and AD. When they're completely healthy, they are going to be fucking amazing. Um, like, this duo is going to be outstanding. But, like, I, I AD's very rarely been able to tie together, like, uh, like, really lengthy seasons. He's been really good about it the last couple seasons. Um, excluding last season because of obviously, you know, it was an injury. Um, but like, I think I would tend to think too, that, you know, last year, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are just assuming it was an anomaly for LeBron. And I would tend to think it's more father time catching up with him. Um, and I think they're going to have to juggle those. And if they miss, um, either too many games together, which they'll totally get blown off the map, or if they miss too many games apart because one of them is just not enough to be able to, um, you know, win the necessary amount of games uh, to keep the team afloat. Um, I think damned if you do, damned if you don't there. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I got both of them missing out um, just on a hunch of, of my projection of, Injury concerns is what it all boils down to there. All right. Um, I think uh, – so I think we still have all the same teams, uh, one through ten. Um, 
So, I, I mean, that's kind of interesting. I mean, one through four, we have the same teams. Five through ten, we have the same teams, just in slightly different positions. Uh, and then, of course, 11 through 15, we'll have the same teams. Um, let's just go over those quickly. Um, who you got? Uh, we'll say 11, 12, and 13. Who you got? So, 11, 12, 13. Um, 11, I'm going with Minnesota. Uh, I Me actually, too. Um, I've, I'm at that point where it's uh, – Time to show, you know, what you have, especially in Carl Anthony Towns. Um, kind of given up on Andrew Wiggins, but still he's in that factor that, you know, you, you really need to prove something this year. So I definitely have them right there, you know, trying to compete and all that. And I do think, you know, it's like to help Robert move. Covington. Yeah, I mean, it, but even if they were to flip a Robert Covington, I saw uh, a trade. I wouldn't do it, but it was uh, Robert Covington for Jalen Brown. It was some other things in it, but that was kind of the essential thing around it. And I was like, man, that'd that be, be a fun on that great team, trade so. for Boston. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a great trade for both because I think Brown would be really good on that team too. And I mean, I, I mean, Covington would be fun on Boston. So, uh, you know, I oh, have dude, Minnesota. So fucking great for you guys. I have Minnesota, and before I say so, my. I want to give you my hot take real quick. So my team that I don't have real quick, and they're going to be the second to last team. But so I have the Dallas Mavericks going to be the second worst team, but they're still going to have two people in the all-star game potentially. But Oh, wow. So, yeah. So that's, that's my big hot take. So I go, okay, city and then Phoenix are going to be the, you know, wow. right, it's the Minnesota, OKC, because I, I still think OKC at first, you know, they're going to be kind of, you know, I like what they have. They're not going to be able to trade immediately, so they're going to have to kind of play. I l- like Shea Gillis-Alexander. I think he'll be fun, you know, kind of doing his thing. Um, Phoenix, for some odd reason, I don't know why I want to be so strong on them. I just think that it's at that point where, you know, they, they're starting to come as a team. You know, you can kind of see what they have. I don't like the Ricky Rubio signing, but, you know, it's not the worst real quick. So he could be interesting on that team, but there's so many holes in Dallas that besides Luca and Chris off, there's just so many holes. And I just, they did nothing this year with their free agency money. They didn't really make any moves. They traded Barnes away who wasn't anything great, but you know, he's kind of security blanket. I don't really like, I mean, I want to say probably their three is like a Courtney Lee. And that's not really anything. So no. I'm just not I'm not as strong <laughs> on Dallas this year, but I still think that Kristoff and Luca could be an all star because they're just really good and you know, they'll be competing in the West. They're not gonna be like way off like, you know, ten games back or like nowhere close, you know, they're gonna be competing with these other teams, but that's my big hot take of the year that they might still have two all stars but be the second to worst team in the Western Conference. Wow. Yeah, I don't think they'll have two all stars. Um, I, I I give them one, um, but I, I don't I don't think two. And one's being judicious. Uh, the West is stacked. If 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 it was the best, if it was simply like the best twenty four players in the league, I definitely without a doubt give them one. Um, but uh, I think there'll be a push for Luca to get in this year, um, especially because I think Trey's going to get a lot of consideration out east, um, given that the East is it's just a lot lighter as far as talent. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, all right, yeah. So I I got Minnesota at eleven, just like you. Um, 
I think I think Cat really kind of showed out down the stretch of last season. I think since after Butler left and with um, Ryan Saunders coming in, they kind of figured something out together. Um, they seem to have like a good uh, kind of a good chemistry going uh, down the stretch of the season. Um, I'm interested to see if they do try Point Wiggins. Um, I, I don't necessarily know if that's a great idea, um, but it's something. I, I think you got to try something to get him interested, to get him to buy in, to get him to fucking at least somewhat fucking earn that goddamn contract. Um, and he just likes to operate more with the ball in his hands. So if you can trans, if you can transition that into you get to have the ball in your hands, but you need to pass it more, and he's cool with that. That's better than him being off ball and not doing anything. Um, so maybe that's a, you know just a, a, a consolidation that you make in order um, for you know to, to get the most out of him. Uh, I got Dallas at twelve. Um, I, I really like Luca. Um, I think he's got one of the biggest upsides of any young player in the league. Um, I really do think he's got. MVP potential years down the road, but I, I I do think he's got that kind of potential. I worry about the fit with him and Porzingis. I like I I know fit is is oversold a little bit, but like I just really think Luca operates best as like a heated turtle point forward, um, and I don't know how much they're going to embrace that, uh, given that Porzingis uh, wants to play the four and um, arguably probably should play the four if for no other reason than health concerns. You don't want to bang it in the paint um, with with people um, given the nature of uh, his, his injury issues. Um, and, and not just the ACL, but like also like he's got, he's had some back problems and stuff like that. So um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know about the fit with those two. And I, there's some, some signings that I like. I like DeLon Wright. I think that's a, that's a good, piece for them to have because uh, they need somebody who can be like a tenacious guard defender um, but like the, like everything else outside of him I, I like them keeping Maxi Kleba I like him um, but again like it's like man I'd, I'd really just like, like if you could like have a player of say Chris Stapp's, um, uh upside or whatever um, but it was at a slightly different position, and you could just play Kleba at the five and then play Luca at the four and then have, like, a different player other than Kristaps that you invested all of that fucking capital in. Um, I would be much higher on that. Um, I just I, – the fit concerns me. And if you're going to play Luca at the two or the three, he's just going to get burned, man. Defensively, he's 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 – He's certainly big enough, but his lateral quickness isn't there. Um, he's smart enough, uh, but like he, he's just like he's gonna get blown by. There's, there's just something to be said about athleticism, which is why defensively he makes the most sense before. Uh, but anyway, uh, OKC at 13. Um, I agree with you. I think they're gonna be at least good, uh, reasonably good to start the season. It'll tail off, and they'll start trading away pieces. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm still surprised they haven't shipped out Gallinari by now. I'm surprised there hasn't been a team that's come knocking. Like 
like I said, like I mentioned earlier, I think uh, Portland just makes a hell of a lot of sense uh, for Gallo. But um, I'm sure those trades will come in due time as long as those players stay healthy. But if they don't stay healthy, it's the same result for OKC. They lose games. Uh, And then uh, to round it out, I got Phoenix at 14 and Memphis at 15, even though they are one of my going to be one of my favorite teams to watch this year, I can't wait to see Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson, and John Morant uh, play together. Um, very much looking forward to that team. Uh, both, uh, you know, it's kind of a league pass team this season, but like three or four years down the road, um, I think that team's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so I'm assuming you've got uh, Memphis to round out yours with. You said Dallas at 14, right? Yeah, Dallas at 14. And, yes, I got Memphis there. They want to be the last place team. They want to get their pick again next year. They do They do not want it to convey to the Celtics. They, I think there's another year where they're going to definitely want to. And then the following year they might compete, so it might turn into, like, the worst pick for the Celtics. But I think this year, too, with the, the restrictions, they want to. And, I mean, even though the other night – John Morant is really exciting to watch. I don't know if you caught the highlights, but that guy is quick with the ball. He could be competing with one of the the faster handles in the NBA. He's got really good handles, and I think he's just going to be able to do what he wants, and it's going to be fun to watch him play side uh, Triple J. And they do got my boy, Brandon Clark. Um, I think he can just do it also. But I just feel like Memphis wants to be – as low as they can so the pick doesn't convey so they can get another top pick, really make this last person the last building block around Jaw, Triple J, and then compete so the pick uh, the following year is not as good. Yeah. No, I, I think you're 100% right. And I think um, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they go out this summer. They're going to have a lot of cap space. They're going to be one of the few teams who has that cap space. Um, they're going to be right there with Atlanta as far as um, trying to bid on these restricted free agents. Um, like, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they just said, fuck it, we'll give Jalen Brown a max offer. Um, you know, like, I mean, why you take wouldn't that out they? Of your mouth. You take it out right Dude, now. Dude, I'm telling you, like, I mean, I think the mm. Hawks might, too. Somebody's going to no, do it. No, why? Um, I mean, well, okay, look at it if you're Memphis. Um Jaron Jackson would still have two years left on his rookie deal. John Morant and Brandon Clark would still have three years left on their rookie deals. Like, why wouldn't you commit fucking for a four-year max to uh, a guy who could, like, round out the rest of your roster next to, say, like a um, Anthony uh, – was it Anthony Edwards uh, who's going to be playing at Georgia? Like, if they, if they drafted him and then they could put um, Jalen Brown in there – uh, and and swing him between two and three, and then you got John Morant, uh, uh, Edwards, uh, Jalen Brown, Brandon Clark, and Jaron Jackson. Like that's your team to build with for the future. That's a fucking great young team. Um, and I mean, I just don't think I don't think that the money hurts them. Like it's granted, it, it is an overpay, and it's not a it's not a contract that would be tradable. I don't think they would look at it as they would be worried about trading it. I think they would just want to keep him. They'll overpay him now and then worry about whether or not they can keep him four years from now. You know what I mean? No, yeah, and I really do feel like Jalen Brown's going to 
really kind of one G, one team out there is going to take that risk. They're going to throw him the max in. I can definitely see Memphis. I mean, he did this play the other day where we were complete transition. He got the ball passed to him and right in the middle, like getting it quickly, defenders pressing on him. He put it right between his legs very quickly and then laid it up. And it's like, that's a very hard transition move to really pull off. And I think he's, He's going to definitely play his way into one GM out there that has money. It's going to give him the max in. And unfortunately, I don't think Danny Ainge is going to bite, which, I mean, I wouldn't mind, but with the priorities and right now and the money, I just don't think that we'd, even if he plays himself into a max contract, we'd match the match. The max. Yeah. I just, I just think it'll be interesting to see if maybe he says, you know, um, he it, maybe if he's like, all right, I can see the writing on the wall here. Like, let's let's get out let's get out in front of this like we didn't do with Terry. Like, I you know I said leading into last season that y'all should trade Terry, and the whole notion was, well, but if if Kyrie leaves, you know, you want to have Terry as your backup. And of course, no one could foresee how everything shook out. And I mean, I, I think everyone was just at that time was just projecting Horford would opt in. No one knew the fucking Sixers were going to come with a fucking ridiculous offer. Um, but like, you know, um, still like you, you just be better off. Uh, I think regardless, um, the obviously the way things shook out, but like if you could have gotten a first round pick for him, which I think you easily could have, um, like you just, you just go ahead and you, you take it because you, you know, you, you, You've already got smart. You've already got uh, him. Now, like, the question is, what do you get back in return for whoever you trade smart to? And, you know, I think you would have to trade him to a team that doesn't have a lot of cap space going into next season but still has assets, and that's fucking tricky. Like, say, like, look at a team like Dallas. Dallas would love to have him, and they do not have the cap space next season to fucking sign him. They don't have assets. I don't have anything that Boston would want. Um, so, like, it's tough. I mean, it's just – it's tough to, um, uh, to 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 find the right trade partner. Um, and maybe that's the same problem he had with Rozier. It's just tough to find the right trade partner. Um, but, uh, but nevertheless, um, that's going to be certainly an interesting thing to follow throughout this season. Uh, but, Luke. Thanks, man. Uh, always appreciate uh, when you when you come on the show. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, shout out to uh, our our first caller tonight. Um, some really fucking good stuff. I, I I really appreciated that phone call. Second caller, yeah, you know, man, you, you called, so that was cool. Um, but uh, um, but yeah, uh, it was all in all a good show. I had a good time. Luke, thanks for joining me, man. And uh, we'll see all y'all next week. Until then. Peace. Peace.